I think if, if you get to a place where you are comfortable with yourself, nobody has the right to tell you that you're right or wrong. And I also think sharing things like, let's face it, if I have a million followers on Twitter, yes, uh, 700,000 of them may be feverish masturbators. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's another 300,000 that are just... (laughs) Hold on. I I take offense to that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. She doesn't say there's anything wrong with that. You're in the the 300,000 that isn't the feverish masturbator. So what I'm saying is... (laughs) Well, I mean... Maybe. hmm. I don't know. Welcome back to the Woman Podcast. I'm O'Malley and my co-host St. Anne and I welcomed Lisa Ann back to discuss reactions from her first episode with us, how knowing yourself is key to happiness. And Lisa Ann also weighs in on an unheard before now interview that Annie and I had a few weeks ago. We weren't sure if we would ever share what happened, but it made sense to have a discussion with Lisa Ann about how conversations with others can escalate quickly. You will hear about five minutes of that recording nested within the Lisa Ann interview. Enjoy. I want to make sure that you promote okay. everything that you're a part of right now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow my social media at The Real Lisa Ann. I'm now on Fantasy Sports Radio three times a week. Uh, Monday night is Lisa Ann does Fantasy. Thursday morning, I'm joining John Hansen for Guru in the morning, 7 to 9 a.m. And then Friday nights is Friday Night Fantasy, 8 to 10 p.m. So my fantasy sports career is growing. I'm heading to the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend, and I'm just really excited about basketball and, as you well know, baseball season. Yes. <laughs> um, I did hear when you're in the Barstool uh, headquarters office that people were talking about, um, and I believe it was on KFC as well, um, that they were like, hey, you're going to be there? What are you doing? Are you going to hang out with us? <laughs> yes, I'm going to go to their party on Friday night, which yes. is going to be a ton of fun. Ton of fun. so great. Like, I love what they're doing. Last year, they had Rough and Rowdy up, and then they cleared it out, um, and they were like, we should have bought the place for the whole night, and then just did a party afterwards, and that's what they've done this time. So they Smart. reduced the ticket, or the... Um, the cards for the rough and rowdy fight and then they're going to go old school blackout. So it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun. Now let's go to yesterday. And I'm so glad that you sent me the audio and I got to listen and I've been in these spots before where I've interviewed somebody and it's gone in a direction. I don't know how to pull it back. And I think the really learn here is you guys handled this so well. Um, the fact that you respect other people's opinions was very, very clear. Like, I'm not trying to change your mind. Don't try to change my mind is something that you absolutely said. But when I, when I put this into a simplistic perspective, it's the fact that 
just because of one part of my life. And I understand that doing porn is a large part of one's life, but it's one part. And when I see it, I see it as one part. There's a lot of other things I do, but that's like the blanket statement for everything, for a lot of people's judgment, their tone, their aggressiveness, their redonkulous DMs. And it is just so blinding. And when I heard the levels that she was going to, I was like, oh my gosh, she's letting this one thing Blanket, such a beautiful interview. I have a better one. Anyway, the guy who came in who couldn't eat the food, he said, we're going to make a reservation somewhere else. Go ahead and charge my credit card. He's like, we're going to leave. Go ahead and charge my credit card. But we would like every single course wrapped up. I said, that's great. That's fine. I already made it all. Perfect. The guy left. He left for the family. I went downstairs. Every course I packed up, I labeled everything. I put it in bags. I left it upstairs by the table. About two hours later, I hear ruckus. He came through the front door screaming, open all the bags, open every bag, slamming his hand on the table. I want to see every course. Open all the boxes, open oh all the bags. God. What is wrong That's with people? One guy, one woman said, sir, please, you've caused enough problems tonight. Please just leave. He looked at her and goes, shut up, lady. The husband gets up. They start fighting. It was like in pure fucking chaos. Because you didn't read a website that we can't make adjustments for people who don't eat meat. Like the whole thing was crazy. He was screaming. He goes, I don't even want your food. I just wanted to watch you pack it all up. Like, well, it doesn't matter. You got what you paid for. Like, have you like, ever uh, okay, so your you, life? You, that's, you know what is, I, I appreciate you holding people accountable because I am a supporter of that. Mm. I don't know why O'Malley says we're so different. I have a feeling that you and I are totally am you. Like, I've been listening to her for the last hour, and I'm like, this girl is, I love her. I know. I, I, she's me. I, we've decided from the to, hip. That's we've it. We've decided Straight to do this. <laughs> In 2018, I was like, uh, you know, I had mentioned, you know, having some strong ladies on, and you were like top five of these women. I was like, I, you know, we have to have her on. I said, the only thing is, you know, we're going to talk about everything under the sun except politics because you two are totally separate. But, you know, like Annie cool has though. different, you know, really? and, yeah. Wait, no, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I promise. I swear <laughs> on my life. I'm not going to get into it. I actually don't even want to. And I have to go. Right. Do you really support that guy? That's normal. Yes or no? I do. But you're not going to give me a, re- okay, a chance to say why. a fucking problem. Well, really bad. Well, that's so funny. And I the, feel the, the complete opposite. <laughs> but, you know, Annie, Annie's you viewpoint support is... criminals and crooks and liars and people who... Like, you support that? Ooh, We're not discussing politics. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. though. That's the funny thing about it. It's not political. It's, 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 it's being a human being. It has nothing to do with politics and Every anymore. president we since the beginning so of time has been a human being and true. they've all done it. But, no, actually, they haven't. The lies, that the rhetoric, the words that he uses. How, you'd want your children to listen to that language. It's so disgusting. It's despicable. I'm not even talking about politics. I'm talking about a human being who literally out of his mouth said, I 
can grab a woman by her pussy. He said that. You should You're Google Lyndon Johnson. You should you should Google no, Lyndon Johnson. I should Google the the president right now. I don't need to Google somebody. From I'm just saying that ago. everybody's got right fault. Now. Everybody's different. No, 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 and no, no. He's disgusting. And any woman who supports that language, I have to question. That is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I think everybody's Somebody entitled to their daughter. opinion. So I definitely grabbing appreciate Grabbing a woman yours. by the pussy, grabbing a woman by the pussy and saying it out loud. That's okay with you? I didn't say that was okay with me. Oh, okay. No, actually, you did. did I you respect say? your opinion, though. I do respect everybody for having their opinion. I'm just not going to try and change your mind. Oh, I, it's not my way. I'm not going to try and get you to change your mind. Oh, don't even try. You never will. I'm but not. I'm, not. Like, I'm just not saying. I'm just asking politics. for the same courtesy it's back. It's not even about politics. And anybody who supports that, oh, God, bad, 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 period. It's not even politics. It's being a human being. I, I completely respect you having your own opinion on it. I, I, and I don't disagree with you about bad things that he said. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm just not. But you support it. But you support it. Oh, all right. I'm I'm done talking about politics. I think that, um, I think that. You um, support it. I didn't say I support it. So please don't put words in my mouth. I didn't. You said you support it. Please don't put words in my mouth. You said you support him. You're going to vote for him in 2020? I'm not discussing my, my political view and on, on, oh, on here. Okay. I'm just not. <laughs> I, we, a woman is not a political podcast. So we don't, we don't go into that. It was brought up. So I didn't bring Understood. it up. I definitely understand. I, you know, my I apologies know if I, if I brought it up, I, I didn't mean to ask <laughs> yeah. you your political view. Yeah. But, uh, like right. you, don't, you don't get to pick and choose who you, who, you know, what, you know, what liars you want to support. That's like the funny thing. It's, it's so strange to me yep. that you so, hate the liars on Twitter, but you, it's just so funny. It's, it, it's just funny. Anyway, all right. I got to go anyway. So I hate to end on this note, but it was brought up to me. This is how I feel. Um, I say it how it is and I don't hold back from anything. So... Uh, she's letting it stand for everything that she is. And she's being extremely judgmental towards you. And when she brought up your children, like mm-hmm. I, I, I sat down, I was floored and I was just like, Whoa, it just, we never need to go to those levels. So whatever our opinions are in this world, we never need to take it to the point where we're so forceful that we hurt somebody else's feelings. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. And the thing is she actually said it. What, Trump said on that when he didn't realize he was being taped, she must have repeated it nine times in like two minutes when my kids never heard it the one time that they mm-hmm. played it on TV. Cause I was like, Oh, shut that down. They yeah. never, like I insulate them from so much because I want them to form their own opinions. And they're also, right. I have no interest in having them lose their innocence early. So like if my kids decided they were going to listen to my podcast, which is benign, really, you know, or if for some reason they overheard it, they would have heard it from her, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the, the actual source. She breathed so much life into that one statement. I breathed yeah. so much life, so much unnecessary life. And, you know, we're, this is, I think this is the first time in all of our adult lives 
where we've seen people get so erratically emotional over politics. And when people have done this with me, I say, you know, here's the thing. None of us are really truly educated in what everybody does for a living. Okay. And we also know that people have been, you brought up Lyndon B. Johnson, like, whoa, Lyndon B. Johnson. That was a good one. I was like, oh, Thank she you. to go back. I was and like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> she went LBJ. <laughs> yeah. You know, people, and you said it, the presidents and politicians and people in general have been doing these things and acting this way for as long as we've been alive. It's just there weren't recording devices and there weren't people selling stories and there wasn't this blasphemy of cancel culture yeah. and all of these other things. So, you know, it's, it's something that we have to step back and it's, I've unfollowed a ton of people on social media since this election, just because they go so far left. And it's, it's a bummer because there's a lot of people I like, but they're regurgitating news in their own mm -hmm. slant to the only thing that stands out to them. They're not looking for any positive. There has to be a positive here. There has to be both sides of the story. And it's, it's definitely changed the way we discuss politics. We used to be able to discuss politics and religion in a way where everyone had their own opinion. and It was okay. Now, so many people are like, if you don't agree with my opinion, I'll never talk to you again. Right. Imagine if, again, I think to myself, my gosh, she owns her own company. She owns her own I mean, she's got customers coming in. You, she's are you got like employees. People away. Yeah, it's wild yeah. to me. It's that was, just wild yeah. to me. So I've, it was it was very uncomfortable, and I didn't know the depth of the relationship between O'Malley and her. So I didn't want to say something that was going to fracture or anything. And I always try to be yeah, respectful no. because I never want to be the person that is um, demonstrating the ignorance of of what I'm hating at the moment. You know what I mean? Like right. I didn't want to become her at her. that moment. And it just went too far for too long. Like you just keep, you kept probably waiting because before it started, she had had to go. Uh, and and <laughs> she, kept, she kept going in this like circle, right? Where she just kept getting madder and madder and madder about it. And I was like, okay, lady. Yeah, she was working herself up. It was like, yes. <laughs> And we never, we, yeah. we never need to be that. Use that as an example for everybody that listens that, you know, you might be emotional about something. You might have an opinion, but try to learn to not repeat yourself more than twice and try to learn when the subject is done. I agree. Oh, and I don't blame other you people. For one second, because we got the, my husband just walked down. Good oh, morning. He's always looking like, hey. Good Ask. morning. And he doesn't get to see my face because it's early in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, Santel, what's up? Yeah. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. We were just recapping. Um, we sent, O'Malley sent Lisa the interview yesterday with the girl who went ballistic last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, she went fucking nuts. For uh, a long time. I, like around, around in a circle, around in a circle. Like, okay, it's, uh, we, you've expressed your, your discontent here. Right. Okay, yeah. drop it. And then our uh, interview hit on extra large yesterday, Lisa. It's nine minutes. Pretty good. I uh, retweeted it. And today I plan to post your Instagram on my Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, that, I said a Siri reminder last night. <laughs> yeah, very nice. And by the way, uh, Annie doesn't normally do this. I don't know if it's a coincidence because you were in the adult film industry for a while. But I she uh, took an early morning shower before doing this. She was walking around the bedroom naked. What? Look huh? what I bring, man. I bring I it. Know. I bring it. <laughs> okay. I bring the energy. I bring yeah. the sexual energy. Saving yeah. marriages. One Believe me, there's, there's been a consistent energy, but there was a little bit of a strut today. And I, <laughs> and I like it. You know? So, I'm going to up the ante or whatever, but I'm fucking exhausted. Um, all right, thank you, Cheryl. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, baby. Thank you for my team. I love you too.
I can <laughs> you guys back in. <laughs> uh, but I imagine when you finished that interview, you both sat still for a moment and didn't know what to think. So how did you feel after that? Did you guys get a chance to talk alone? Um, how did you recover from that? Because emotionally, that's that's like a bang in the head. My day was ruined. It My was day was ruined, ruined because I was, and I'm not easily, like I was saying yesterday, I'm not easily rattled. It takes a lot for something to get underneath my skin. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I was more upset about the fact that she went after my kids. Like I, that's you know, where I was like, if I see this woman, I might invoke some violence. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, it was very judgmental of my parenting. It was very, yes. ju- like she was, and I think I'm very, I'm, res- I'm respectable. I'm respectable. I'm respectful of other people. I try to be as accommodating as I can be and kind as I can be. And I definitely have my own opinions. I definitely do. And I have strong opinions, but I don't try to infringe my opinion on somebody else. I don't try to change how somebody feels as much as I try to accept it and be like, maybe I'll find something interesting or something I didn't know. I always try to educate myself. So maybe what was hard. What was hard to listen to me for me was that she personally attacked you over something that wasn't personal. It's an opinion. And she personally attacked you. And I've come to love both of you. And, uh, you know, I, I, and, and so that as a friend, you know, I was like, Oh, that hurt my heart because you just shared a lovely conversation with this woman. And to see that somebody can turn that quickly and personally attack you you know, I, I, I was taken back and I thought, I pictured you both after the interview, just sitting in your respective places, shell shocked. It's, yeah. I think the, <laughs> I think the audio after that is about five minutes of just, <gasps> just us just sort of kind of being there and mm-hmm. being there for each other, but trying to figure out what to say because we were stunned because she had gone on early on about, about why do people have to be mean? And, you know, why right. can't people be positive? And if they don't have anything nice to say, why would they go out of their way to say something mean to me? Right. And then that happened. And yeah. that's why I, when it was happening, I just kept feeling like, Helpless. there's like a joke, like there's a punch, like she's going to change it. And it's going to, there's going to be something that's going to make us go, Oh, ha ha. Or something, something. And then it, and then it didn't. And then there's like, where, where do you end this? Now, has she reached out to either of you with an apology or any (laughs) email or anything? To O'Malley, she didn't tell her O'Malley. (laughs) Later, later, later on, she, um, she did reach out. All she did was double down. What she didn't, she so didn't. In the ask beginning, I, I was going to assume that she asked for you guys to cut that out of the interview. Did she ask you to cut it out? No, she actually added more. She said, uh, "Oh, I didn't." Also, I didn't say this. <laughs> I you know. Yeah, and then Annie she's and I. To, she's then, trying to protect yeah. my feelings. I ju- it was you just so. To. Oh no, I read it off to I read it off to Annie and I, um, when this when this happened. It ended up being just the worst timing too because Annie had a bunch of stuff going on that night and the, through the weekend and we were trying to talk and get back on track and Annie and I ended up doing an uh, a podcast like from the hip like that Sunday night to make up okay. for it because we weren't going to air that. We, right. we weren't sure we were in that for content wise. Do you, do you use something like this? And I didn't, 
we didn't ask her on to blast her. But she blasted um, herself. Right. So she blasted herself and did. I'm so was glad that, you see that. Right. Honestly, so I, was was that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm so glad that somebody in like, you know, objective listened and saw that mm-hmm. because I thought maybe I was losing my mind. Right. That's what, that was the one thing that I was like, I know Lisa Ann is going to know what this feels like because she has had moments that should have been one thing escalate quickly to a, a different realm. So Annie and I had to have that discussion is because she did put herself, you know, on blast and she did, um, she did alter the interview. Um, do we use it? Do we want that out there? Do we, do we want to even give that energy, the, um, her restaurant, her name, all of that stuff is, would have been out there. And we, we really just felt like in the end, it was something that we would probably use at another time. It ended up being kind of perfect because I know how much you have been confronted, um, yeah. especially after reading your book and just getting to know you over the last uh, few months. And I just felt like, you know, I know Lisa Ann's going to have a, a reaction to this. Um, that will that will either make us realize that we were right to feel that way, or maybe she'll give us a different point of view. Um, but I I love the fact that you reached out to both of us yesterday after listening to that. Oh my gosh, I I, I couldn't I couldn't I, I had to take a beat first and sit down and with my thoughts and and say wow and picture you both what it took to recover from that praying that she sent an apology email to both of you that she was maybe a little flippant and shouldn't have gone that far. But in her mind, she may have these conversations with other people the same exact way. You don't know if when people bring up politics to her, she goes on this same tangent with everyone, as unprofessional as it is, as a public figure having a restaurant and doing an interview. Uh, you know, you would. I was hoping that she did that. And I wanted to reach out to both of you because you both handled it so well. Neither of you got offended. I mean, so many other people, including myself, may have at one point in time jumped in and told her to shut the fuck up. I mean, I would have been like, okay, you know, I, I don't know how you both, I can hear you both breathing though. And I could hear your breathing getting more gaspy. It was like, you were gasping instead of breathing. And that's when I was like, okay, like, somebody's got to step in, but I, I love what you both did because you respected her opinion and you let her have it. It's just that she gave it a really ugly look because she forced her opinion and then she personally attacked you. And then she kept repeating the same, same, same things. And I understand that people are one side or the other when it comes to politics, but I would like to know that a, you voted. Like I ask everybody who complains, did you vote? A lot of people will tell me, Oh, I didn't have time to vote. Well then shut up. Okay. If you didn't vote, shut up. And then also you have to understand there's two sides of the story. And if you really want to be educated, then you have a lot of reading to do and you have a lot of understanding of other things that are going on. Don't fall for the media's trap of sharing with us what they want us to know. They do it in every life form, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a, a celebrity of some sort, they tell us what they want us to know. And that's why on my shows, whenever an athlete does something great, like I thought it was really awesome before the McGregor fight, I was reading all these interviews from McGregor and he was talking about LeBron James. And he said he had never, McGregor himself had never spent a dime on his fitness, on his wellness, on his, on his nutrition, on like cryotherapy, therapy, and nothing until he met LeBron. And LeBron told me he spends over a million dollars a year taking care of himself because his body is his temple and it is the thing that is his tool that is going to make him as productive as humanly possible at his age. It's not. And so McGregor changed his whole 
tone and started doing all of the things that LeBron does. So I saved all these articles and I posted a couple the night before the fight during my show, because I like to see these articles. And for some reason, these articles are hard to find. It's hard to find an article when one athlete is totally propping up another athlete and is talking about things that they've learned and things that have improved them. So going back to her, she's bringing up the negative because she thinks she's selling something by bringing up the negative. And yes, the negative can be there in any shape or form, but the news sadly in this last political run has turned me a bit because you don't know what to believe. There's everyone has a slant and the opinions are thrown at you that they want you to believe in. Yeah. 100%, you're 100% correct. It's sad. Journalism has changed. There's a clickbait. The thing that you're promoting more than anything is, you know, self-educate. And I think that's what's lost on people. People don't want to do that. They're so, I, I guess there, is it a laziness? It is a laziness. And I had this, I had a really strong debate with a friend of mine over New Year's uh, to find out that he doesn't read any news at all. And the conversation came up that he didn't know there were fires happening in Australia. And I was so furious with him. And I don't know why this made me so furious, probably because I'm turning into a mom with no kids and he's younger than me. And I said to him, well, let's talk about recycling. Let's talk about Greta Thunberg. Let's talk about the person of the year. Let's talk about what do you think? Where do you think our trash goes? Where do you think our plastics go? Are you still using single use plastics? Because when he was at my place, he realized I use glass bottles. And when I do have bottles, but when I do have water to take the gym, they're in the the paper boxes. I like the box water because it's recyclable paper. I don't use any plastic Tupperwares. I don't buy any food with plastics. When I get fruits and vegetables at the store, I bring my own recyclable cloth bags that I rewash. And when I order my groceries online, I put specific notes in, do not wrap my limes in plastic bags. Do not wrap, do not waste that plastic. So, and I said to him, how do you not know about these things? He's like, well, I don't read any news. I go, you don't want to be involved in the world that you live in because you think that you're going to die before any of this has an effect on you. And that is not true. And even if it is true, do you not care about future generations? What is it? And he's like, I just don't feel like it. And I realize, as Americans, everything is so spoon fed to us. We have all the internet we need, all the TV channels we need, all the streamings we need. And so we're, we're training this new world to not think past any of that because my mind is so full with all of the distractions that I can have at the click of a mouse that why should I read and educate myself on the issues today? Even if you feel they don't directly affect you, they do because clean water is important and our oceans are important. If we're using paper freaking straws, then there's an issue. Okay. So it's laziness. It's really true laziness. And then I had to ask him if he voted and he said he never voted. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just disappointed in you as a human being. <laughs> See, that's the thing. And I, I love that you're, talking with him about it like you say it like you had a heated debate and you're asking him all of his opinions and and like you gave him a chance to answer but you didn't like cancel him when he said like you guys probably went out later on and like laughed about something like you were able to move on because you're mature adults you know yeah and also I sent him one or two news articles a day now Uh, I made him set up his news app on his phone and we now talk about current events and you're not telling him what to think. You're telling him no. to educate himself so that he could form his own opinion. And that's yes. what's like lost on so many people. They just want to shove their opinion down your throat. And I feel like, I, I guess it's, maybe it's parents doing it to the kids. So the kids come out thinking that that's okay. I don't raise yeah. my kids to believe my thoughts. 
I don't, right. you know, I have mm-hmm. three very different kids who see two very different parents. One, you know, one is very right now he's going through that disappointed phase. Like he doesn't like what my husband does for a living. He doesn't, you know, oh. he's just having fun, but he's very like, because he doesn't want to have to share him because he's very like, that's, he's mine, <laughs> like, but he's still my, dis- my disappointed phase was we didn't have cable TV and my friends had MTV and I didn't. And I remember having to go to a friend's house to watch the Michael yes. Jackson thriller video. And I was like, Oh my God, my parents suck so bad. Oh, mine was Atari. Television. We got like the, like, the, like the third back off of Atari. And I was like, Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> oh my God. And then it's just teenage angst. I mean, exactly. you're going to pick, you're going to pick your poison of whatever it is, but every teenager goes through some form of teenage angst. It's not your fault as a parent. It's part of them growing really. And it's part of them getting their footing in the world and knowing how they're going to battle things out in the workplace and with friends and in relationships. And, and yes, it's, in a sense, it's really adorable that he doesn't want to share him. I mean, that's a beautiful statement that you just said. I don't want to share my dad. You know, that's, that's so loving in a way, but he's going to be resentful to prove it because as a young person, you don't know how to navigate those truthful, difficult Mm -hmm. conversations just yet. I mean, we as adults sometimes don't know how to navigate difficult conversations. You guys had a difficult conversation with another adult that did not know how to navigate a difficult conversation. Yeah, exactly. That she started. <laughs> I think she worked herself up into her own lap. Right. I think there's an audible. There is an audible. I, I don't know if if anyone who would, you know, just listen to it raw like like you did, where you hear my forehead hit my desk. Yeah. <laughs> I heard everything. I can because picture. I, can I picture just it. I was just floored and I I was at a point where I had no words and I was so frustrated with myself that I had no words and I I had the other side of me which was kind of like that mom mature brain that kind of went you know you're you can just let out this rope that's going to hang yourself I I don't like what you're doing to my friend but you are clearly off the rails I'm not going to get this back on I don't like this but you're you're hanging yourself here and I just my head just hit. And and as you jumped in, you don't know how worse it would have gotten. Like you were, you were thinking it was like a baby crying. You're like, let the baby cry until the baby goes to sleep. Right. Let it run its course. You were trying to just let this conversation run its course. Yeah. And she, I don't think she knew which Annie she was going to get. <laughs> I thought I controlled myself. Like I was the, I was the composed Annie for some reason. But you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to educate and remind people that, Be curious, learn what's going on in the world. If you see something on the news that triggers you, don't accept it. Go and read other writers' versions of it. Go and learn more about it. Um, And and that's why I choose to read my news. Like I will admit, moving back to New York, one of my exciting things is I love the US One News. I don't know why, but it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's great news. It's got the same set as it has for years, the same music. The women are... You know, when you're in LA, the newscasters all look like celebrities, right? They're all super hot. They have so much makeup on. Yeah. Uh, they almost look like oh, porn yeah. stars. I mean, they're gorgeous. You know, they're just stunning. And it's distracting to me. I can't get the news from them. I look at them and I'm like, I wonder what lip color she's wearing. It's mm-hmm. really nice. Yes. I wonder who does her lips. How many pair of eyelashes is she wearing? Like, <laughs> no. But you know what? The US One News, I watch because it gives me my local coverage and that's it. And then for the rest of my news, I will not watch it on television. I read it all. 
That's smart. I like the local news because they shout out like different neighborhoods and I'm always waiting yes. to see if they're like going to shout out my mother-in-laws or my. <laughs> and you learn great things. Like that's how yeah. I learned to sign up for New York Cares. And like, I can't wait till summer because I put myself on the list with New York Cares to do gardening at Central Park. I mean, it's a super cool volunteer activity, right? It's you wonderful. My aunt does it. She loves it. She does the, um, she does the tugboats, I think down at, um, at the old seaport. Yeah. And you can do, you can pick your pleasure and you get to meet people. And so you learn about that stuff from local news, but when it comes to the other, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who likes somebody. I don't know who doesn't. And it's too many people squawking about the same conversation. Whereas I can read a lot more information faster and get a grip on good and bad stories. And then again, go down the rabbit hole and see who else has a different opinion on it. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, I think people think they have to be friends with like-minded people. And I, I don't agree with that. I think it's, it takes everybody's opinions to be a a community. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that I just, we just don't share. And sometimes we'll have fun with it. Like we'll purposely start a conversation, you know, and it's not always politics. A lot of times it's cars. Ford versus Chevy. Like we'll get into, right. like we will throw down and it's fun. It doesn't have to be just cause you, you don't have to always agree with what somebody is saying in their opinion. And I think that gets lost sometimes. And you know, years ago it was religion. People used to talk yes. about religion and wars. argue about religion. Wars over wars, religion. Right? Yes. Over religion. Mm-hmm. And now I just feel that we've neutralized ourselves. And I think less people are getting um, their families or are really embedded in whatever their religion may be. I'm the type of person that I believe no matter where you are, if there's a church that you want to go to, then go. It doesn't have to be your defined religion. Uh, Nothing bad is going to happen to you. A house of worship is where you go to be in a place with other people who are taking time out of their lives to have more positive thoughts, to um, learn how to forgive, to find a new step. And so why can't you do that anywhere? When I was first on the road, I drove for the first two, almost two and a half years. And I went to so many cool churches on the road, like down South to go to, oh, and they sing and they're joyous and they're dressed so respectfully and their children look so beautiful. And it was life changing for me. And still to this day, I'll go to the closest church. And when I lived in LA, the church that was close to me um, wasn't a Catholic church, though I was raised Catholic. But I loved the church and I started donating things there. And that's when I decided, like, why don't I just go to mass here? And that's when I realized we don't talk about religion, but we fight about politics. Yep. You said something and I, and it, man, it took me right back to my childhood. And if I spent the night, I, it was it was very rare that I was allowed to spend the night somewhere on a Saturday night because my mother didn't believe that whoever I was spending the night at their church was going to to be um, the check mark for my right. my weekly service. So right. if for some reason I did have something that I like was kind of more mandatory and I had to do something because of activities, she made sure that I attended the later service on Sunday when I got home because I never went to church. And I'm like, I spent three hours at church this morning with so-and-so. No, you didn't. That's not church. You didn't bring the talent. You didn't. God wasn't there. Like, okay, mom. Okay. (laughs) She was just so, so, so remember. I remember having an uncle who married a woman who was Lutheran and she was still going to the Lutheran church. And it was such a big deal at the dinner table at my grandmother's house. You know, my, my, my dad had 11 brothers and sisters and it was such a big deal and they gossiped about her and gossiped about her. 
<laughs> she ended up raising five beautiful children who are all lawyers and police officers and just amazing people in their community. But I loved her for it because I thought, boy, this woman, I remember as a young girl, I thought this woman is taking a lot of flack to just do what she's comfortable with. And she's still doing it. And I also respected my uncle more because he didn't force her to change. So in my mind, I started to see that as a young person where I was like, I didn't like that my family came home from church and gossiped because I was smart enough in church to learn that gossip was not good. So right. here we'd go to church and we'd learn all these rules. And then we'd get home and all the men would go to the garage and they'd gamble and smoke and drink. And the women would sit in the kitchen and gossip. And I remember thinking like, man, why did I have to get dressed up and go there when we're doing all this, which was removing what I just learned in church? Oh, yeah. boy, that is... Oh, I have so many things to say, but it, it won't make any sense to anybody. But you nailed it, man. That yeah. is so true. I'm, and that's what made me as a young person realize I can go to whatever church I want. As long as I sit quietly and absorb the positive energy that that building, that that temple, that worship, where you're, wherever you're sitting is there for you. It's soothing your soul. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And it's it's like people like that like your uncle who, who are role models. Look at that guy, James Carville. He's like a huge political um, consultant for the democratic party. And he's married to that woman, Mary Madeline. She was from the conservative party. She worked for right. George W. Like, I don't know, which, I don't know which Bush, maybe the Ronald, the senior, cause he was with, she was with Ronald Reagan, but they have like one of the most longest, wonderful relationships. And they're both like huge political figures, opposite parties. And it's like, you have to be, it's all about respect. It's all yeah, about yeah. acceptance. And now when I, if I, when I talk about church as, as whoever's listening to this, a lovely podcast, <laughs> there's people that believe like I can't tweet or talk about going to church publicly because people believe that I don't deserve to go to church because <sighs> of choices that I've made <sighs> in my life. I hate these people. I hate these it's, people. Yeah. I hate these people. Oh, they're so, and they're probably the most glass house of glass house people to, right. to so even say that to you. I'd like to know what it is you did wrong. I'd like to know exactly what they feel you've done that's wrong. (laughs) So I've been analyzing this lately to really have a good chapter about what I've been discovering. And here's my mother would say that's because you're in your mid forties. She swears that when women, excuse me, when women turn my my mother, we could do. I swear she could be her own animated series. Um, She's like that old school Italian. With the uh, very like, if, as soon as you hear her speak, you know she's an Italian from Brooklyn, and she's got like these. But some of the things that she says are so true. But she always says, when a woman turns forty-five, watch out, because now it's gone from everybody else trying to please everybody else to now she wants to please herself and understand why. So mm-hmm. I mean, right down to my dog. When my dog got to be, you know, a certain age, she was like, well, how old is she? I'm like, she's about to turn eight. She's like, she's in her forties. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is true. <laughs> you know, so really- what I'm discovering is there's a resentment towards me. So when I look at these messages and I, and I read what people are saying. And they don't know I you. Wanna- and they don't know me. They know one side of me. And that one side of me that they know is ultimately there for their pleasure. There should be no individual need that needs to be served. There should be no disrespect towards me. I put a product out there that they're supposed to enjoy, right? And it's voluntary. It's not, it's voluntary. It's not forced upon them. They it's do this not, on their own. Yes, they yeah. do. They sign up. They click the box. They might put yeah. a credit card down. But I feel now that I'm realizing some of these people just plain resent me because I've had better sex and I'm more connected with myself sexually than they'll ever be. 
They also resent me because I'm a survivor and my life didn't fall down the pitfalls. I mean, if you think about the lifespan of a girl in the industry, a drug addiction, overdose, suicide, there's a lot of that. And I think, I think for some men that are down that rabbit hole in a dark, path that say nasty, nasty things to me. I think to them, they'd almost like us to be erased from the universe because of their own guilt from the hours that they have spent with us. Yes. It's like at the end of a video, you're like, Oh, you know what? I I didn't watch that. You feel, (laughs) yes. They want you to be the the girls that got the, the work for 40 to 60 days that got put in that group home that, that you were talking about in your book that, you know, after a while they, um, they weren't new anymore. And then they had to, you know, plead for work instead of, you know, and then they found themselves out on the street. Yes. Drop in the middle of nowhere. That's the story I feel that they want to hear. And I, and I, and I sense that when I read some of these messages and I also feel that it's a more demanding generation because of social media, because we're now hyper connected to everyone. I had an interesting conversation with a host that I work with a lot at Sirius the other day. And he asked me, he's like, man, it's getting so hard for me on social media. He goes, during my show, I'll get like 40 DMs from people who sent a tweet that they wanted read on air. And if I don't read their tweet, they're scolding me. And he's like, you know, the beginning I could read their tweets because I had less followers. And now it's, it's a busy show. And sometimes we get to 10, but maybe we had a hundred. He goes, how do you handle it? And I said, this is something that we're all going to need to work on. We're all going to need to find a way to communicate with our followers to kind of pump the brakes and lower their expectations a bit. We want to be there for everyone, but we're also doing a job. You're also getting your reads in when you're live on air. You're doing all of your things, but it was neat to me to hear that everybody kind of deals with this. It's just mine is kicked up a notch because there's the force of you're going to have sex with me or I want to have sex with you. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, it's, this is why fences are built, right? Like eventually people are going to get blocked from being allowed to ask Twitter questions on Twitter and have them read on air. It's a fence. It's just another fence that has to be put up. And that's why people put them in their yards and they build them around their, their mental, you know, minds and they don't allow people in. It's, um, it's funny. Sometimes like when you say you get DMS from people like that, I can't help but wonder if like Jack Wagner got asked doctor advice because he was Dr. Peter Burns on Melrose, you know, like, I wonder if they really think that because you, you know, I'm not a real doctor. I just play one on TV. Like you do this as a living. It was, it was an occupation. It was a career. It was a job for you. But just because you do it on camera doesn't mean that this is how you are in real life. Like they can't distinguish the difference between fantasy and reality. So here's a couple I'm going to read to you because I decided that my only fans is <clears throat> the deepest, darkest, and it's the hardest for me because I charge a membership. So I feel like when I'm brutally honest, it hurts, it hurts this membership, but it shows you how much effort a girl has to put in, in the industry to make money. And what I thought about yesterday was the mental health of the young performers. I am at my age looking at this going, I'll do this for as long as I can to recycle my old content. And it is what it is. But for a young girl who's trying to start out and make money, she's actually going to read these messages and respond. And oh my God, I don't know how she feels about herself at the end of the day. We're going to start with the first one. I posted an ad that I'm going to Philly next Friday to take part in Delilah's wing bowl. I'm going to be a referee for champagne wrestling and be hosting their second annual Sterpa Palooza. Okay. So I posted the ad. I saw that one. I loved it. (laughs) First response I get, when you're in Philly, 
Will you make my life complete and come sit on my face? Lovely. <laughs> He's very confident, isn't he? <laughs> Next one. Hey, babe, can you make me come, please? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they get the video, much, asshole. <laughs> yeah, they get so much strength behind a keyboard, right? He'd never say it to your face. Right. Never say this to your face. Never. Um, one guy writes, um, I have an asshole finish. I need you to take pictures of stretching your panties tight so I can see through your panties and see your asshole. Now, these are messages that come in one at a time. There's never a hello, how are you? There's never a please. They're really demanding uh shocking just one-offs and it makes me think now at only fans they can hide their username so they they're not shown who they are but at the same time like you're putting this in print it's embedded in the internet other people can read these messages with the platform of course they're always making sure nobody is soliciting prostitution there's they're always looking out for trafficking so like there's keywords that you can't even use if you try to send a message and you put a keyword in it'll say you can't send this message because of this word hmm. um so the, the site does the best, but, but it, it blows my mind that people want to put this scene, this, this, this text and send it to somebody like what is going on in their brain? It can make you very afraid of society. Oh God. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that 100%. Like the story you were telling us the last time when the guy was messed with your phone and he was sending mm -hmm. some people calling from inside your house. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like, I wonder how much of this is, you know, it goes, it goes back to the predator idea. Like you were just saying, like, is it that they really want to have sex or is it that they want to control? Yeah, that's the, that's the interesting thing. Um, I don't think they know. And it also makes me wonder who I'm speaking with. Are they in another country that they don't have as good of communication skills or have we dumbed down America enough to think it's appropriate to ask somebody that runs a site if I think it's that. Sit on your face. I hate to say it, but I think it's the latter. I mean, I that's that just seems like the norm now. Just yeah, like I mean, conversation. I posted yeah. a, a question there like a couple of weeks ago, and it was um, Annie and I talked about this. It was, have you has your horny ass ever wrote checks that normal you can't cash? And it's sort mm -hmm. of like you know that there's times where and Annie and uh, we were discussing how Annie you know uh, still sends messages to large you know throughout the day and you have you know, to just you're married twenty one years you have to be creepy right. you know you and then to. if you're you know maybe you're you're talking to someone new and you start going down like a certain road <laughs> that you would never want anyone else to see this or or you say something and it's like. Do you, how many of those people do you think actually have that moment of, oh, wow, I was at peak, <laughs> I was at peak horny. I really shouldn't have sent that to her. I don't think a lot of people have that with you because, because of the thing that Annie just brought up with the guy who clearly carried on a, a whole scheme to like call within your house and do that. That wasn't yep. horny him. Like, yep. I, you know, we all get to that like certain point where like you almost say anything and you're like, oh, sure. And then like afterwards, you're like, Ooh, mm, no, <laughs> I think I'm gonna, uh, you kind of come off of that. Um, I don't know what you, I don't even know what to call it. I wish there was a better word. For and you're, and, and, it, and there's a, there's a mistaken comfort, right? Because they wouldn't reach out to, let's say Matthew McConaughey or JLo or another celebrity, or maybe they do and they don't talk about it, but there's a comfort with the fact that they've been intimate with me where now there's this confusion in their mind where they think they're entitled to more. So exactly. then they come at me 
in this way, shape or form. And, you know, a couple, about a, six months ago, I had a little OnlyFans meltdown and I posted uh, some messages and I said, listen, guys, uh, this membership is not a down payment or anything towards a lease on my vagina. So stop asking me about it. Like, be real. I lost 100 members overnight. I woke up the next day to 100 plus members because in their mind, if they don't even have that chance in the back of their mind where they're actually going to get to have sex with me, they have no interest in being a part or being a fan. And, and some, well, I'm a really big fan. I should, if you were a really big fan, then you'd just be enjoying my work and shutting the fuck up. Exactly. Exactly. They oh, don't yeah. get it. They can't distinguish the difference between fantasy and reality. They Not think really that they have this personal relationship with you. And I think there's, there's something about, um, there's something about the idea, like now this day and age with video and everybody being, everything being documented that yeah. predators can't go and just grab somebody and rape them behind a Starbucks because there's videos everywhere and they would be caught left and right. So this right. is them stalking. This is them yes. on the prowl. They, they yes. think that they're going to actually be able to somehow get an insight to where you are, what you're doing, and they are going to somehow claim you as their own. It's, and it's, how do you think the 18 to 21 year old women in the business process this? Uh, I mean, it, 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 it bothers me a bit because I know that sometimes I, I know not to look at these messages in the morning. Um, <clears throat> normally I'll go on and just send a, a group message to everybody saying, Hey, I'm, I'm enjoying updating my content, but I don't have time to individually answer messages. I see I have a lot of messages. Thanks for sending them, but I won't be getting to them. But really the reason I can't get to them is because they make me absolutely sick to my stomach. So I think then, okay, Lisa, you're 47. How's the 18 year old feel about this? Do you think How's that they might be better though? Because they're, I hate to say, and I don't mean to sound ignorant if, if I, if I do, like, do you think a lot of these 18 year olds, it's kind of like you come from, you've evolved over the last 25 years into this, right? So you've, right. you've seen it all before technology. Cause when we were in high school, like what did we graduate in 91 high school? Like we didn't I, have, no. what's that? Well, yeah, 90 for me, 91 for you. We didn't speak to people this way. We, we didn't, didn't have speak internet. to people this way. We didn't have the internet. We still, like, we had to actually write, a, you know, a salutation. We had to write yes. a body. We had to write a conclusion. And it was, you know, they had teachers had red pens. I wonder if the 18 year, they don't know any different. Like we knew, we know different. So when we, you're, you're, oh. you're probably right. And I'll tell you another strange thing in OnlyFans, also in Twitter, Guys, I think because of watching too much porn have been obsessed, become obsessed with their dick size. So every day I get all these offers. How much would it cost for you to give me a dick rating? They want to send a dick pic and they want to pay me to rate what I think their dick is. Like that, that is a level of insecure that is so fearful and makes me wonder like what's going on in that ticking time bomb of your mind that makes me realize yeah. that they are so intimidated by watching too much porn that they will never stand up. So the only thing they can do is resentfully come to me and say, come and sit on my face um, because they have no social skills on wanting to talk to a girl in real time. And they also are so afraid of their own penis that they don't want to show it to anybody. So what they're doing is they're just down the rabbit hole, uh, harassing porn stars and harassing yeah. female celebrities. What you know, what would be probably brilliant is if, you know, remember when we, when we, I'm dating myself again, remember 900 numbers where oh, you yeah. would call and, and it would always be like this woman who had this amazing voice, but she, you know, it's, you had no idea what she looked like. So she could be look as, you know, as stunning as you or 
like or, me. Or you know, like it could be, it could be <laughs> you never knew what the person looked like. And she could have a mute button and just to mute the five kids behind her as she's breastfeeding because she just did this as a living. You should almost create a company that just responds to these, like hire like just a bunch of men just to write back and, and just filter and respond for you. So you never have to see them. A lot of the girls that are doing their OnlyFans are paying people to answer their messages and they're charging for the messages and they're making, it's very lucrative. But here's my thing for my own safety. I don't want someone starting a relationship with someone that I don't know about and responding back to them. And then let's say I'm at a signing somewhere and this guy comes up to me. He's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've been talking for a year. I don't want to do that. I would rather be across the board. Yeah. I would rather be across the board explaining to people um, I'm only going to do what's essential. And what's essential to me is to provide you with great content and continue to update my favorite scenes over the past 30 years for you to enjoy on this platform. And I'm going to leave it at that. Now, here's an email that I have called Ask Lisa Ann at Gmail. This is going to blow your mind. I haven't (laughs) gone down this rabbit hole in like six months. So when I did, I was like, holy shit. I get emails from guys that go on a tangent for like three weeks. And over those three weeks, they'll send a couple hundred emails. So without you responding at all, never responding, never responding. So let's go to this one. Okay. This one started, uh, August. This one started in June of last year. What the fuck if I took you out and you couldn't even fuck with me? I didn't respond. I've got to stop watching porn. I have a problem. I don't run. None of these. I respond. I'd be like, Hey miss, I got a problem with you. Can you help me? Please come back to me. I love you. I've been depressed. Can I take your virginity? I don't know why I love you. I just want some friends to love. Come see me. All right. Listen, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say. I probably keep writing to you because I'm a psycho babbling motherfucker. I don't got Facebook or Instagram anymore. Obviously he was probably banned. Um, I got no friends cause they all suck. Uh, maybe you suck. Uh, I really I hope I didn't that. hit you up again because this is all getting very embarrassing, but for real, I just said, I want to be friends. PS. I like the 49ers. You're an asshole. Fuck you. I mean, this guy is, this guy is, this guy is literally (laughs) snuffing you out and then reviving you over and over and over again. Like that's an absolute, like he's having an absolute fantasy with like choking you out and then reviving you. Totally. What the fuck? uh, Other guy, there must be 400 emails from this one guy. Now, mind you, I haven't looked for a while. So when I saw him like, wow, this guy's been busy. Uh, First one starts, I will punish you. Magical style. I will. Then he writes, I'm sorry that wasn't for you, but for that other fucking cruel, selfish, oversexed, evil bitch. You're all blind. You don't really see me. So I'm dealing with you for way too long and it makes me dislike people. You don't respect what I am. Not any of you. You abuse me constantly. I'm done with this. You think you have the right to be mean to me for eight years? So this guy's probably been emailing me for eight years and I've been ignoring him. You have the right to alter your life with magic. I'll fuck you up with the secret. All of you, all of you need a lesson. Then the next one, I was a kind man. Now I'm an evil sadist. I can't spell. Uh, I'm a kind man, but not to any of you. All of you deserve hate and punishment for being selfish and spoiled brats. You're heart strainers. You strain my heart and drain my spirit. None of this was originally meant for you, but for her, but you fit the bill also. Um, Then 
you're such a, this is such unfair treatment. I'm here for a reason. Respect it. Instead of straining my heart, if she likes hurting me day in and day out, I'm done. She's going to get it. Magic style. She's going to fucking get it. I have no idea who he's talking about. That's like the golden state killer. Like that's what he wrote. Like he would kill people and he would like choke them out. And while he was doing it, he would just say, I hate you, Bonnie. And it was all going back to the original girl that like, this is like serial killer shit. It's like you're colorblind, not fully blind, but your brain just fucks with the fact of reality. You don't see me. You just mess with my heart, my kindness. I'm fucking starved. I'm starved for some recognition. What's wrong with her? Eight years of abuse, best sex of her life. She writes evil fucking shit. Like I don't need to read that I'm trying to utter my best so she can see me. It's like being starved to death, like some fucking caged force animal. And I'll watch her eat a seven course meal. I'm sorry this spilled over into your mailbox, but you're all the same anyway. You should all die. It doesn't matter. You're all evil. Um, this guy, so that's a good that's a good run of them, right? When I opened the email, there was five pages from just him. And I when I'm saying pages, I mean your inbox holds 50 pages a day. Mm-hmm. It was five days of just him. Lisa, that's like that's like serial killer shit. Like I hope oh, yeah. like do you have a an up like a um Someone you could show that stuff to that way yeah. your own security. So that's why I separated into this email. I have a friend that has access to this email. I try to communicate with police about just things that I've concerned. But what I've learned is sometimes I'm better off just individually blocking the email and not seeing it. It's, it's, it sounds ignorant, but no. uh, what I don't see can't hurt me. And, um, if I read this stuff, I'll lock myself in a closet and never leave my house. Right. And obviously I've been fine. And I tell myself this every day, Lisa, you've made it this far. You're good to people and you have good karma. The energy that surrounds you is going to protect you. And so I don't allow myself to go down the rabbit hole. that makes me feel, I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to walk the streets and be afraid. I want to be able to live my life. I'm not stupid. I'm not walking the streets alone at two in the morning. This stuff exists without email too. I know. It does. And it happens to poor regular girls that sign up for a dating app. I mean, I'm reading more horrifying stories of regular women on dating apps that are getting these, these men that are then writing them 200 scary emails. But, and I started that email when I had my podcast so that I could get good questions. But what I realized was all I was getting was that stuff and by the drones of it. I mean, and and that is, it's endless. And, you know, I'm sure they're using a fake name. I'm sure that isn't their real email, but you know, my girlfriend knows like if I'm ever missing, just go to this email box first, because I'm pretty certain there'll be a lot of think that way that like those words would come out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. Like if I go People wish me death in here on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then I also the get the guys. Nothing but love. I'll always be the one that'll come and give you a hug whenever. I'm always in New York. I will always come give you a hug if you ever need one. Honest to God. You know, you can always come stay with us for as long as you'd like. <laughs> I get a lot of guys. Here's a, Oh, here's the great ones. I get these guys that are sending me the things that I need to marry them and bring them over from other countries. And they give me the whole system of what I need to do. I need to go to the ATM and take out this much money. I need to go to, and they'll send hundreds of emails. I find them entertaining and I send them to my friends. I'm like, well, you know, Ashnell uh, still wants to marry me. So he's sending me all the instructions. So, you know, God forbid things don't work out for me. I mean, Ashnell's been doing this for four or five years. I really think he wants to be with me, you know? He's committed. committed. (laughs) And then I get a lot of men 
that are furious with me that I don't have children. And so I'm thinking that they're probably religious and they have a lot of guilt about watching porn and knowing who I am. And so I haven't procreated. So they don't understand my existence as a woman. And you're right. Women in their forties that are on their own, that are making their own money uh, to some, that's a very evil place to be in life. How can you not need a man? Because there's all these lonely men out there that feel like if we were living back in the fifties, I'd probably be married right now because women aren't driving yet, not voting. Right. And- You'd be very, old by now you'd be very old 47 is very old in their world (laughs) yeah but you'd at least you would at least be needed you would they would be needed they're trying to be needed and they're not needed and they're not working on their social skills they're threatening email uh porn stars right this is what this entire email box is um a lot of it is you know please say hi to me please say hi to me one guy he's got 25 emails in here they start with just please say hi to me. Then it's please respond to me. Why won't you respond to me? I sit here and stare at my computer every day. You never respond to me. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with me? Why can't you just respond to me? Like, buddy, I haven't opened this email in six months. I hope you're still alive. You know? Do they have a um it's like Eminem Stan? Do they have a yeah. um a, a way to see if you've opened an email or accepted an email? Um, I turn all of that off so that they don't know a read response. Okay. Yeah. I turn all of that off, but you know, it is, it is, it shows me how lonely the world is, how confused the world is. And also how like, don't put shit in writing. Do you never want to have a job? Like this is in writing. Right. But again, I mean, I'm pretty sure that most of them are using a fake email name. It's an, it's, inc- it's incredible. Like you almost could think that an episode of Mindhunter could use this as profiling. Oh, 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 are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you? And then of course, you know, there's a good 50% of them are just asking me how much it costs to have sex with me. That's the standard. And if you read enough threatening stuff, that doesn't even offend you anymore. I'm doing, um, Large is starting a podcast called Twisted History, and I've been doing oh. all the research for mm-hmm. it. I would love to do the, his, the twisted history of a, of a porn star's inbox. Oh, you would die. This now, is incredible. There was one guy in Denver, Colorado, that I ended up getting a restraining order against because it became a very fearful situation. Then I finally met him. Then I realized he was scammed by someone in Nigeria sending money, what have you. But They actually convinced him. Okay. There's an email here that says, Lisa, this is, this is, this is, this is Lisa Ann's attorney saying her words for her belated father. Please tell me who this guy is. Um, I am going to buy his rights. So this guy thought that when my dad died, he left me an inheritance and they scammed him to believe that if he gave them $50,000, they would get, he would get to marry me and he would get my father's inheritance. This guy gave up 250,000 of his entire retirement and to purchase me. And when I showed up in Denver, he was there to take me home because he was insistent that he purchased me on the internet. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the actual, the letter. And these people make these great letters. Like I hate to laugh, but this one was from the department of justice. But he can't Um, have that. I mean, he can't be that ignorant and still have that kind of job to have money like that. Let's know. You know what I mean? Like that's like, he was actually an armed security guy because what I'll do is if somebody does scare me and the reason Larry scared me was he started calling my radio show and he started asking my producers if I had been telling them yet that I was married. 
and why I wasn't talking about being married on the, on, on air and why I wasn't doing this. And so I was like, okay, this is getting pretty scary. I'm going to hire a private investigator in Denver. And I'm going to find out what this guy's jam is. And I find out he's a freaking armed security guard. I'm like, oh, great. Larry's got weapons, right? Larry would email me the pictures of the wedding ring. I know I shouldn't be laughing, but I have to because it's no. Yeah, and anything you want edited out, I promise no, you. No, no. I laugh through all... pain. Like I'll say the worst yes. things about like a, a tragic moment, and I I tend to just kind I of be too. like, "You're not going to believe this shit," and it comes out as laughter. And people sometimes no, no, don't totally read that it. right. So I get what you're you're saying. He but. would send me a photo of this wedding ring that he'd be holding in his car, and you could <laughs> see the home where we were going to be living out of his windshield. So he's sitting in his car holding the wedding ring. He's got like workers' hands where there's like dirty fingernails. It's like a ram truck. I knew exactly what truck it was, so I could give that information to the police. But I had nightmares for months about being trapped in that house. Yeah, and not being or underneath it. Jesus Christ! This sound, right. sounds like he might have a like a special spot down in the underneath it. And you know what? At the end of the day, I confronted it face on and became friends with Larry to explain to him that he had been scammed. I even went to the FBI about it, but there was nothing they could do. Um, he gave me all the receipts. He sent me two, 300 emails of receipts. And I was like, Larry, you know, you've been sending money to tons of different people in different names. Why would you do that? Like, and I joked with him. I said, just so you know, in the future, when you get married, you have to be in the same place together, like in the same room. Um, it, it can't happen on the internet. You know, that's just, we giggled about it. and It broke my heart that I couldn't get him any, any of his money back, but I just wanted to see how far these things went. And when I say I laugh about it and I don't want you to edit anything out, I think this is a great way for people to understand the volume of what celebrities and entertainers and porn stars and anybody who has a public profile, the volume of stuff that we have to deal with. Now, if I was to go into this email every day, it'd be what, two, four hours of my time. How many hours are in a day? We all only get 24. So maybe by hearing this and seeing how dark it actually is, some people will refrain from sending me messages. Oh, I don't, I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't, I think it, no, I think these people don't want to hear anything. They, they're just, they would just get hard knowing that you're actually reading them. Um, here's one. Uh, this is interesting. This was May of 2019. I know exactly who this person is. It's a woman. She says, dear Lisa, why do you always bring up the incident that happened a year ago? It embarrasses me when you talk about it. I was naive at the time, but I've since learned my lesson and I've been reporting fake accounts. Please don't talk about it. I follow you and listen to your podcast and enjoy them. And I'd like to put this all behind me. But when you mention it, I relive it. Please don't discuss this conversation. Thank you and good luck on your endeavors. I'll tell you what happened. She got scammed out of money to have sex with me, an older woman. And when she came to a trade show, she showed up and she was like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, here's the receipt. And I was like, excuse me. And I said, I don't do that. That's a fake profile. And she actually, to my face said, well, I already spent the money. Would you do it anyway? Oh. And I said, we're now I'm offended. Because A, I'm not a prostitute. And I'm sorry, buyer beware, you gave some money in, to somebody in Nigeria to have sex with me. That's fucking on you. It's 2,500 bucks, she says to me. That's a lot of money. I go, yeah, maybe you should have thought about it before you spent it. But I'm not obligated to have sex with you because you fell for a scam. Let me just get this straight. And I talked about it and now I realize it offended her, which I don't care because the reason I talk about it is I want to bring awareness because A, I don't want more people walking up to me going, Hey, I got scammed out of money. You owe me sex. Um, and B, I want people to be more aware of why are you sending people money? 
on the internet. Why? Why? I'm floored. I'm absolutely floored at the ignorance. A woman. The, the depth of, I'm sure a lot of these people are women too, because they're angry at you because you're able to provide their husbands or men in their lives, something they cannot even though they might be having sex with their husbands on a regular basis, they might not be providing that level of satisfaction that you bring them. Right. And that's, you know, that's on the husband. That has nothing to do with you. That has nothing to do with the the wife. It's actually something, you know, the, the husband, at least in my opinion, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, it's not your fault. You're excellent at your job. You know, like, is, like that's why we all do our own jobs to, to be excellent at and be successful at it. Hasn't, you know, I don't do it so that I could satisfy the guy that I'm, you know, trading for. I like trading. That's, that's my thing. It's uh, here's one from a kid named Daniel that says, hi, Lisa, Ann, how are you doing? I was wondering if you can text me your contact information. I asked Bridget B for it, but she was being a bitch about it because she wants money for any contact. So here's another issue that I have that nobody really knows about. Um, a lot of performers sell my phone number and I changed my phone number multiple times through the business. But when it gets to the point where you have two step verification on and you have all these things, it becomes complicated. And also I'm a member of SAG. I have a lot of businesses and a lot of things that I'm involved in. And to change your number really puts you dead in the water. So what I do is I go into my phone and my phone is turned off for any numbers that I don't recognize. You can do that in the settings of the iPhone, which is cool. Yes. Um, Just recently, like a month ago, found out about that. It's amazing. It's changed my life. So, you know, what most people don't realize is I get anywhere from 100 to 200 calls a day that are threatening, that people leave these obnoxious voicemails, that people are just nonstop. And I know, because I can feel the willies when I see a number come up in my phone that I don't recognize. And it was funny because when I was getting furniture delivered, I had to have my phone, that I had that setting off. And I realized during the move, wow, these girls are still selling my number. And like dudes are still selling my number. And people are still finding my number on the internet and selling it. So this guy admits she wanted money for the contact when I asked. She gave me yours before and she wants money for it again. She likes to fuck me over and over again. Here's my number. Can you text me? Now that I see his number, that number has come up in my phone and it's been blocked. Cause all once they, once they leave the nasty message or once they call a bunch of times and don't leave a message, if you're not texting me, I know I don't know you. <laughs> and then a lot of them do text. So with, you know, you can also go into the same thing with texts where there's two columns now in your texts. One goes over to the other side. I get, you know, 50 to 100 really nasty texts a day too. So that's another thing I have to deal with. It takes 30 minutes to an hour out of my day every day. Um, and it's just something that people don't realize. This is all the sidebar. Is all this runoff worth the celebrity is, is, is the question always, right? But what do people think? They think because they got their number and it wasn't from me. Like we grew up in the generation that if somebody didn't give you their number themselves, you didn't never use called. it. No, you never, never called. Never no. called. We also were taught as kids that if you hear something negative enough, you eventually start to believe it. How do you not fall into that? Like, how do you keep yourself so positive and your head above water and just because honest to God, I've met a lot of people and not everybody like every time I speak to you, you're consistent you're upbeat, you're positive, you're always looking to help, your motivation. Like I, like I told you yesterday, like I walk away feeling a better person after having spoken to you. So how do you not let that get into your head? It hasn't been easy. And I've had times and moments where it's been really dark. And I think getting into my 40s has been the greatest because I know who I am. 
And I have people around me and friends that I love and people like you guys and, and large and just people that I've met that I just get so much good energy from that. I'm like, okay, do I really choose to let this noise pollute my head and bring me down? Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. One of the biggest chatters in my head for so many years was, will I ever get a job after porn? It was, I was fearful. I was every day looking at other people's jobs going, I wonder if I could do that for a living. Maybe I could be a personal trainer. Maybe I could do this. I was always in this mind running panic because my parents told me nobody was ever going to hire me after porn, that I was never going to be in love, that I was never going to have friends. Um, and so many other people forced that on me. And I'm so grateful to have my gig with Sirius. And I think 2013 was a huge turning point in my life because I felt validated by people who have good intentions in life that are also consistent, that also have lives that they love. And so that validation allowed me to really tune out this noise. And also I know when to and when not to look at it. But the phone thing is intrusive. That can be upsetting and jarring, especially yeah. when I, I see some of the messages. I try not to listen. I let them be, uh, you know, you can get them written out. You know, I try to just look at it and I'm like, okay, that's a creeper. I'm deleting it before I read all of it. And I'm blocking his number and I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's noise and it can be dark, but I'm so thankful for everything that I have that I just take that step back. I take that deep breath and I say, I want to live in gratitude. This is the, this is the runoff of what I've done for a living. This is what I'm forced to evaluate and forced to deal with. And I have to be stronger than this. And I have to be so grateful that I didn't fall into drugs. I don't have an abusive boyfriend. I'm not in a situation that's toxic. And I have, you know, beautiful people in my life. Like I have to look at the cup as, as full, as completely full, not even half empty. You know, that's that's uh, incredible. Really, honestly, it's, it's. That's, I don't, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a loss for words because that's just, <laughs> I love that. I do. I love that. And I think that's for coming from so many, you know, you don't know my history. Yours is out there because it's, you're such a public right. figure, but you know, and we'll go to dinner one night and we'll get into, mm-hmm. we'll deep dive into all that stuff. But I have, you know, my life up till now has not been, you know, amazing and wonderful. Perfect. It has, it has its ups and downs like there. Yes. Yep. I shouldn't say that. I don't mean it like that. It's, it's, but it's taken a lot to get to where it is now. It wasn't always Mm -hmm. getting to there. So, you know, I've had to work very hard at at that and staying positive and it's, it's gotten me through so much. So to hear somebody who's had it, like the things that you hear every day to have someone say that is just, it's so nice. And I wish that was something that I could bottle and sell because I think everybody needs that. So the, you know, having you share that is incredible. I agree. And I think that we have to look at the obstacles in our life of how much of an obstacle do I want this to be? Can I look around me and see all that's good? I mean, I, when I was younger, I always looked at my life as a pizza and because it's my favorite food. And sometimes I would just say to myself, you know what, there's just a slice missing and uh, don't worry about that slice because you got the rest of these slices here. You're good. Sometimes half the pie was missing. Um, but I would look at the slices that I had and we just have to be able to go deep within ourselves and see the positive and let it outweigh the negative. I mean, this shit that I'm forced to, to manage is so toxic. I mean, that's why I hadn't opened this email for six months. And when I did the other day, I made sure I was rested. I had a full stomach. Um, yeah. I knew I had to be in the right frame of mind. And when I went in there, I was like, oh my God, this guy sent over 500 emails. And he is really fucking angry. Now, had I read that at a weak moment, 
I'd have been calling the police. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like, okay, well, I haven't responded. He doesn't know I'm seeing these emails. Like this guy, I'm going to save them. I, I don't delete them because God forbid something happens to me. They can look up all these people. Um, but it's noise. It's a lot get, of noise. Do you ever get good ones? Positive ones? Once, <laughs> once in a while, I get a good one. You know what? I got a really good one in my OnlyFans from a guy that says, it's so great to hear you again on KFC and your work with Barstool. I enjoy your shows with Sirius XM and I'm so glad to see your career and your life are moving in fun and adventurous new directions. Right away, I gave him a discount on my site. That's the right thing for me to do. I can go in and put them in at half price for the rest of the year. So I was like, I wrote him back. You know, that's one of the messages that I need. I don't get these often. I'm putting you at a discount. And when I'm updating my site weekly, I'll be thinking of you, that you enjoy both of my lives in a positive way and that you enjoy hearing me on the radio. I appreciate that. So I do, awesome. but it might, it might be one out of every 1000. I was going to say, that's the whole, you get more with uh, honey, the vinegar type mm-hmm. yeah. thing. And I was going to say, you almost have to look at things in a reverse um, situation and kind of what um, a lot of people have to deal with. Whereas the, you can hear 10 positive things, but the one po- the one negative will impact you more than the 10 positive. You have to just, you just have to really block out because there's no ratio that's ever going to, to help you in this situation because this is overwhelming. Um, but we had, uh, I like uh, one more thing real quick. Yeah. I, I, be, I told you I like to read a lot of news. I think reading the news gives me empathy because I see families there was just a guy in California. These kids were doing ding dong dash where you ring somebody's ding dong doorbell and run. And these three teenagers rang his doorbell, got in their car. He chased them down, ran them off the road and they all died. <gasps> oh my God. I mean, that's now, when I good stuff. Like, come, I mean, seriously. Right. Oh my but God. But reading the news, and this is the conversation I had with my friend on over New Year's. I said, reading the news can give you empathy. Yeah. And so when you think your life is dark, there's someone that is dealing with something that is so much darker than anything you're ever going to have to deal but with. You have to, mother loses a child. Oh. Yeah. But that's your mindset. Like your mindset right away goes to the positive. And I try to do that with like, like, like with that conversation with that girl, I'm like, I can't say anything because I don't know what her relationship yeah. is with O'Malley. I don't want to fracture something. Like I wish more, like I, and I work at that. I work very hard. Like for you, it sounds like it comes naturally. I have to work at that sometimes. I worked at it. I would, now you were going to say something, O'Malley? Oh, yeah. I was going to say the, um, the response after our last podcast with you was, it was so good. Amazing. Like people just messaging us just with a lot of positives, which was, That's fantastic. was really, really great. And then I had a text from a friend and I know I shared it with you, but mm-hmm. I want to share. So if someone hasn't listened to that podcast, we really talked about, um, the life changes, um, minimalism and just, yeah. um, the outlook on life and how to go about it. So this is kind of like a part two or a follow-up to, to that. So, uh, a lot of things we're referencing now is, is in response to, um, that first, um, that first episode with you, but, um, the friend wrote to me and said, I finally listened to the Lisa Ann podcast. One of my favorites so far. She is so inspiring and the shit with her folks and family, very relatable. I feel like my mom would benefit from listening to parts of Lisa's relationship with her mom and how she's 
processed it and handled it because my mom always has some drama with her mother and it stems from the shit in the past. It's sad to see all this tension in the family, but I like Lisa's approach and attitude on it. I got a lot out of listening to her perspective. The whole podcast was brilliant. Oh, that's so beautiful because that's something that makes her sad. This is a guy. Oh, a guy. Wow. This even is more powerful. A, yeah. Even more powerful. Right. He, and a he guy. was able to internalize it and then go, now I want my mom to listen to this because oh, this will help her. That's so moving from a yeah. guy and he loves his mom so much and doesn't want to see her sad. Right. And tortured and, by the past. It's over. He's followed up with me because he's a friend of mine. So he's even said some things and he's like, you know what? Two months ago, 10 years ago, you know, I've known him for a while. He's like, if this happened, I would have been this way. He's like, ever since I listened to that podcast of Lisa Ann's, I've really been changing my outlook. Like, I'm just not going to let this stuff, you know, enter my, you know, my mindset. I'm not going to let this stuff eat. I mean, like you've changed his life. Like it, it was life changing for him. And He's a good guy, but there's stuff that has happened to him that just keeps him down. And it, it like, just, yep. and it, he, he's been incredibly different for a month and a half or so. Like it's, it's, I, I, really I sent my agent an email about my new book. I just, I just completed my sample chapter and I'm going to touch it up again today because I recorded myself reading it to see how I like it. And I realized that I want to improve it even more. Um, and I said, some of the greatest conversations I've had in my travels have now become about people who don't have the family situation that they felt they would have, that it's not where it should be, where there's some negativity and having someone else openly talk about it makes them understand that it's okay and that it shouldn't create their future uh, in a negative way and that they shouldn't be destructive and they shouldn't take it personally and they shouldn't harbor bad feelings. And I said, I really want this book to be the coming to understanding of how, you know, the sample chapter is the very last time I saw my parents in 2015. And it ends with the moment my mom was dropping me off at the bus stop in Easton. And when she gave me a hug, it really felt permanent. And it felt like it could be for an extensive period of time or forever. And I just remember how different the goodbye was and however, and, and now I look at how I feel now and how I process that information now. And I want other people, there's people that don't have a relationship with their parents. And, you know, I got to say, I hear a lot of broadcasters use Aaron Rodgers as, as an example, because for years he didn't talk to his parents and they would say, Oh, I can't trust anybody that doesn't talk to their parents. So I'm like, you know, not everybody has a family situation that is vendable. And you can make a new family with friends. You can always be open, always have the door open for communication, always be willing to have a conversation if somebody reaches out, but don't spend every waking moment wishing it was better. It's not going to get better sometimes. It just is what it is. Or it's a death. I mean, it's it's like sometimes it's permanent. You have no choice, but to have not be able to, you know, fix it. (laughs) What I can say now what I've realized now is whether my parents meant it or not, and I'm not saying that they did anything with ill will or intention, um, they made me weaker. And since 2015, the uptick in my life, how I view myself, the relationships that I coddle, the people that I removed from my life, including guys that I hung up, hung out with, that I realize now I didn't feel as good about myself. So I allowed them in my life. And now I'm like, eh, I'd rather watch Netflix, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's given me more confidence because I don't have a negative reminder. My parents gave me a lot of guilt about doing porn. They gave me a lot of guilt about what I did to my family. They gave me a lot and they never took any of their own guilt for mistreating me as a young person, putting me out on my own as young as they did, not having my back, not being there for me, not going to my high school graduation, not doing any of those things. And they never took responsibility because I was the blanket statement. I did porn. I ruined everything. And so what I realized now is I'm healthier mentally because they're not in my life. And I get it. They don't understand what I did. And that's okay. They don't know how to love me. That's okay. Um, but I'm not going to torture myself and I'm not going to extend myself to be abusing myself mentally to have a relationship that's never going to be positive and healthy. That's, uh, I love, I love that. Um, I love that outlook. Do you mind if we go over some of the non-creepy uh, mm. DMs that we got. Are you excited that you got some non-creepy <laughs> I DMs? I did. And I, I used, I'm such an old, <laughs> I used the, the question feature earlier this week for the first time. And uh, I did it before yours. I wanted to kind of test it out for like a day um, okay. beforehand. And I was kind of stunned by the stuff that I got. And I'm like a and nothing. <laughs> I was just like, wow. Don't so say this that. is I, you know, one We're of those eye opening. Huge. You make you make woman what it is. Yeah. Before you, know you read those funny. Before you read those. Yeah. Lisa, do you realize what a powerful statement that was? What you just said, how you uh, like when when you just said if you go back and listen how you said it. I mean, you actually made me swell up when you said you hugged the way you hugged your mom at the at the station for the last like the way you hugged her was different. Do you realize how what an impactful statement that was. Yeah. And I mean, I had to go back and re-edit this chapter for two weeks. And I'll I mean, I'm I sure you do. I had, I had nightmares every night of reliving that moment and that feeling. Yeah. And it was so close to my heart and it was so real. Um, so I do, I know, I know, and I know that other people, and it's what I want to talk about on this book tour is I want to connect with other people that have felt abandonment, that have felt put aside. And I want to make them feel valuable and I want to teach them and show them what we can do in our own mind. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be the validation of the people we're looking for. We can validate ourselves. And that's what I want this message to be about. I want it to be a powerful, this isn't going to be a, a porn book like my first book of the story of my journey. It's going to be the story of all of our journey where we're not getting the, de the cards dealt to us exactly the way we wanted the dealer to deal them. Uh, we're not hitting 21. We are living a modest life of emotional feelings and we have to process them in a positive way. And I just want others to feel that they're okay. Uh, we're all okay. And, and, and I'm glad that you felt that. And I hope that when people listen to this one, they feel it and they know it. When they read this next book, there's going to be chapters that bring them to absolute tears because I've cried editing and cried editing over the past two weeks. And it's been heavy and hard. You know, my last interaction with my father I really don't want another one. If you reached out, I would have one, of course. But we went to visit my friend Peggy's grave at the cemetery and said a prayer. We walked there together. And as I was reading the chapter the last day before I sent it off, I thought, you know what, Lisa? That is the perfect closing to your relationship with your dad. If you never see him again, it is so beautiful and so okay. Because the last time you saw him, you were both visiting Peggy's grave together and saying a prayer. Oh, that's all I needed. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I don't, I don't mean, to, I mean, I didn't word it the right way when I said, do you realize it? I know you definitely, you definitely do, but I don't know if you realize the impact it has on other people because I anybody who's had a, like that experience with one parent or sure. both, mm -hmm. like that's, that's, that, that was an, that was a very um, emotional thing you said. So thank you. I was, I was going to hear a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people are going to feel that. 
And if, if people don't know what that's about, um, definitely go back to the first episode with Lisa, because she did go through that. And yeah. also in her, in your book, you discuss a lot. Of, uh, it's really detailed about the um, dynamics at, of your house. So all yeah. of that can be pieced together if people don't quite um, get the connection right now and who Peggy is and how, how important she was. Um, she was the number one person in my life, the greatest Absolutely. woman I'll ever know. And she's right. who grounded me and gave me my spirit and my soul. And I don't know who I would be to this day if it wasn't for her. Yeah. And it really is important for everyone to know that, you know, not having that, that picket fence, um, you know, uh, it's okay. Great marriage, you know, like on the yeah. outside, people probably look at Annie and think, oh, she's been married for over 20 years. She has, you know, the three kids and a dog and, you yeah. know, and the perfect and, and all of that. And they think if I don't have that, I'm not normal. And then they beat themselves up and I'm not that at all. Like I am not any of that. Like I've gone down, I've had some horrible stuff happen as, as you know, as have Annie and, um, and it put me into like a, a, a time period where I was, I had like panic attacks up until, uh, well, I still limit myself just because, um, it happened after an illness and I kind of like something happened one day I was out and I didn't know what was happening, but I felt like I was being buried alive and I didn't know what I thought I was having like a health issue again. Sure. And it took me going home and realizing something and like looking it up and I, found out like you have social anxiety and it like yeah. crept up on me very quickly. And I've told Annie this, if she would have asked me six months earlier, um, if I wanted to do the podcast, the answer probably would have been no, because I would have been so much into my internal like stress and anxiety. And I felt like at the time I, I made enough work on it that if I can help someone else, talk about just certain things that have happened to me and that you're okay. If you're not the 20 year marriage person, yes. you can be okay doing other things in life. You can be happy without kids. Please yes. do, you know, everyone I've said it before, don't have kids unless it's like your true right. groaning desire. Don't ever have kids progress. and don't have yes. kids for anyone yes. else, you know, like your mother right. or whoever, like all of that stuff. So, and if you love living alone, it's okay. You yeah, don't have absolutely. to just because all your friends are getting married. You don't have to get married. If exactly. you are comfortable with yourself, mm -hmm. that's a very positive thing. And a lot of times people that have come from family situations like mine, we tend to live alone because we are afraid of relationships. We are afraid to bring people into our world because we've just created space that's protected by just us. And we know we can control that space. And if that's where you're in your comfort zone, it's okay. A therapist will tell you, you need to be in a relationship and you need to start to explore these things. And if that's going to give you a panic attack, which it very much can, it can bring social anxiety on where you're trying so hard to do something that doesn't fit into your comfort. Well, now you're doing something again for somebody else. And if yeah. you don't make your own choices, choices will be made for you. And that's the great thing about a choice. It's yours to make. Mm. Oh. It's, it's incredible. Nailed it's just, it. And I think it's incredible that you speak about it because I don't like O'Malley was saying, like what you see with me with the marriage and I don't talk about all the dark stuff. Like I, I suppress it. I push it down because I don't want to go back there. I don't, mm -hmm. I just like, and, and I'm married to someone who knows everything and we work through everything, but there are a lot of dark times and we work very hard at getting through them. Yeah. So I don't, I think if, if you get to a place where you are comfortable with yourself, 
nobody has the right to tell you that you're right or wrong. And I also think sharing things like, let's face it, if I have a million followers on Twitter, yes, uh, 700,000 of them may be feverish masturbators. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's another 300,000 hey. that are just... Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I, I take offense to that. Well, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. She doesn't say anything wrong with that. You're in the 300,000 that isn't the feverish masturbator. So what I'm saying is... <laughs> well, I mean... Maybe. But there's a lot of people out there that do come to me. A lot of women follow me. A lot of girls follow me. A lot of young people follow me. I mean, I feel like it's important for me to talk about it because I'm sharing something with them. They look at the life that I'm living. They look at the life that I've created by having this gig with Sirius, by getting to go on all these different shows, by making things happen, because I remove the fact that I have permanent obstacles that I cannot hurdle over. And, and because so you're I've realized, extraordinary. Don't, don't yes. leave that out. <laughs> I, I Don't leave that out because I think you, I think people are beginning to see that because when you're, when you were doing the porn people, you know, it was different. You were, it was, mm -hmm. it was physical and it was visual. Now people are getting to know you. I, I, you're incredible. Well, I love talking to you. I love that. You're, you. I love that you're a friend of mine because I think you make me a better person. Thank you. This goes to like this, for this next question. I don't, you know, I understand if you don't want to answer this, but um, this is from somebody who truly just thinks you're incredible. Um, and is somebody who's interacted with us before. And uh, he says, when is she going to say the hell with it and join Barstool? She'd be great there. Oh, that's boy, so do fantastic. I get that a lot. <laughs> I, get that a, I get that a lot too. And I love everything that I get to do with Barstool. I really, really do. I love everything about the company. And I think what I love the most is the mom, the secret mom in me loves to see all these young people in the office at Barstool blogging and writing and doing things they want and, and, and getting out there. Um, you know, I was infatuated with Boris going to all the St. Louis blues games and, you know, all of these little things. And I'm like, these kids, are, are filming content out in nature or they're, or they're mm -hmm. filming this drinking thing at the bar or they're, they're having fun and they're making Lowering a living. The bar. <laughs> I and I, it. and I, I just say to myself when I'm in there, I'm like, I just love the energy and I would love to be there more. But I have to tell you, like my boss has given me so much confidence as a human being and the people that I work with on the channel that I'm on. And then also on mad dog sports radio. Um, these were the people that saw me first and there's some loyalty I have with them that is so beautiful that like I got to sit down with my boss this week and have a 15 minute meeting and he's a very busy person and, and he's always super stressed and we always have these awesome conversations <laughs> about managing stress and, and, and about, and I always tell him like, you know, you're sometimes he'll be sending us all schedule emails. And when I was on the West coast, my phone would still be on because I turned my phone off at night and I would see the email come in and it'd be 11 o'clock West coast time, which I knew it was two, three o'clock in the morning. And what he does is he puts his kids to sleep. Once they fall asleep and his wife's asleep, he gets up and works a couple more hours and goes back to sleep. And I would always write back the emails, go to bed. That would be <laughs> the only thing I write back, go to bed. Um, so I just, I love Barstool. I love everything about it, but I also have so much love for the confidence that the first people I met through Sirius gave me. It changed my fucking life. It changed everything about who I am. I no longer had that running question and hearing my parents' voices, you're never going to be anything because you did porn. You're never going to have a job because you did porn. Right. That was in my mind for almost 30 years. Oh, man. So 
when that weight was lifted and I got to keep this gig and I'm getting to expand my role, there's just such a love and loyalty there. And uh, really, the people of the channel here. too. You could see you're in your element. You could see you're yeah. happy there. Yeah. Yeah. And the people too, like to think that everyone on fantasy sports radio, every single host, when I first started reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to give you access to our site. So you have more reading materials when it came to either, you know, the fantasy alarm or pro football focus or all these sites, they reached out to me on their free will and offered me more information so I could improve. They never judged me. They never treated me any which way. And that blew my mind. I mean, I did not see that coming. It restored my faith in humanity. It gave me confidence about myself. And when I see these people in person, I don't bust my phone out once. I am so engaged to be in their presence uh, that it's, it's, it's really cool. And so I appreciate, I get so many cool responses about Barstool and Mm -hmm. I will always go in there and visit on the regular. Uh, But for now, I'm just really happy in my groove. There is something about that loyalty of someone who, who did see you when you, when you question yourself or for whatever reason, and, and they, they look past what other people might've um, judged you for. Yes. Um, I have a friend who just went through, um, uh, the surgery, bari- uh, bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I knew he's a big guy. Um, he lives back home. And, but I could always see like who he was. Like, I'm like, he's a good looking guy, big, but good looking guy. Like, and I talked to him like he was, you know, he was a friend. I never said anything to him to make him ever feel bad. Uh, always, like, I just enjoyed talking with him. And his surgery was in October and he sent me a picture and I almost didn't recognize him. Like I didn't know why he was sending me a picture of this guy that looked almost chiseled. Like, and I was stunned. I like, I almost like put my, like I put my phone down, just went, who is this? Like, I don't like, I knew it was him, but it was still so weird. And I asked him a couple questions and he said, you know, what really sucks is that people are nicer to me now. Why couldn't oh. they do that before? Yeah, that's how superficial the world is. Right. And he could share that with you because you were always nice to him because yeah. you are not superficial and people are people and you don't see whether they're large, small, what have you. Um, that's amazing. And it's also sad. It yeah. is sad because now he's getting where people probably give him better service. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like if you go to the mall or you go to Macy's looking like a schlup. Or you go in there with some makeup on and you look nice. Boy, it's amazing how much different the clerks treat you, right? Yeah. I always feel like I got to put a little makeup on and look decent to go shopping because I'm going to get service. If I look like I'm comfortable, I kind of look like a homeless person and no one's <laughs> going to help me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, you can see it and you're like, okay, well, if it probably does feel good to him to be like, oh, somebody like actually talked to me and didn't ignore me. Like uh, somebody's treating me human and that's so great for him. Like, I'm so happy for that. But the people who like will turn to, oh, hey, do you want to be included now? Like that stuff just, that drives me crazy. Like I just, I'm like so protective of of that. And I just, you know, like, oh, it makes me kind of mad. Like I'm happy for him, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay. So (laughs) this was uh, when you decided to minimize your life, how much of your sports memorabilia did you leave behind? Oh, that's a good question. So this was really tough, right? And I had a Michael Jordan jersey that I wrote about in my book that Mm -hmm. you just read. So you know the history of that Mm -hmm. thing. And I had about 15 jerseys and they were all worth money. I had helmets, I had balls. So when I was moving, 
I thought to myself, okay, A, I'm afraid to trust movers with this stuff. So I'm going to have to pay a ton of money to insure it and get it shipped. Do I want my house? Because my girlfriends used to come over and they would be like, you know, it looks like a dude lives in your house. Like when are you going to live in a house <laughs> my that house. <laughs> looks like a woman lives in your house, right? So yeah. I'm like, you know, you're probably right. So here's what I did. I, I have a friend in San Diego and he runs a site in a store that sells memorabilia. And I had him come up and we have an, actually he's getting all this stuff authenticated a second time this weekend from one of the guys from Pawn Stars. And what I'm doing is he is going to sell all of the stuff for me. I'm donating portions to different charities. My friend in San Diego who lost his son a year ago, this site is uh, jakesproject.org. It's going to filter some money into school programs for uniforms, for better parks, for these types of things in the San Diego area. And then I'm going to take the remaining money that's mine and I'm going to put it into what I'm calling an educational fund. I'm going to use this money to take golf lessons, to take language lessons and to do anything that I want to do that maybe I feel a little bit rich taking it out of money that I should be saving for my future. So I'm dividing it that way. And that's how I decided to get rid of that stuff. And, and it was, and you know, when we had a big earthquake this year, so I'll, I'll tell you a little timeline. In June, I was back here in New York and I had told my bosses, I think I'm going to move back. It was the last week in June. I said, "I, I really miss you guys. And I feel like I need this human experience. And you've given me more confidence than I've had my whole life. And so by only seeing you guys now four times a year, I realized that I tend to kind of go back into isolation and that's not healthy for me. So I know what I need to do, but I was still on the fence. Fourth of July, we had the biggest earthquake I've ever been in in California. It was 42 seconds long and I was bawling my eyes out. And I was upstairs in my place watching my, my house just shake and I ran outside. And it, when I was outside, I realized like, if you have an earthquake, you're going to lose all of these jerseys. You're going to lose all of this sports memorabilia. None of this stuff matters. When I was running out of my house, I went down, I grabbed my wallet and my passport and my UGS. And I realized that's all you're going to take out of your house when there's an earthquake because you got to survive, right? You're not going to start collecting things and putting them in a box. Right. And that's when it hit me that it was going to be easier for me to part with those things when I was moving than ever. Mm-hmm. It hit me that day during that earthquake where I was like, none of this stuff matters. If this place goes down, you're losing it all anyway. So why are you keeping thousands of dollars of sports on on your walls when you could put that money to better use doing something else? So yeah, I came up with the educational fund and charities and I'm going to split the money up. Wow. I love that. I love that. Let me, I want to like, like comment on everything you say, because it's so great, but I'm just like, okay, let me get to some of the questions or people are going to be like, why did we even send these to you? Um, is there one thing you wish you had known when you were younger, something that would probably experience uh, that probably experienced later in life for yourself, like something that you would have wished you had known that? I wish I didn't worry so much what other people thought when I was younger. Um, now at this age, I'm there, but I don't think I let that go till I hit my 40s. And I think a lot of us do this, right? We really worry about what people think about us. And so I let myself be judged by others. And really, if people want to judge me, I now realize it's their choice. And sometimes, you know, there've been a couple instances where with work where something didn't work out. And I, I say to my bosses, like, listen, not everybody needs to be on team Lisa Ann. Like some people still have an opinion about porn. I get that. I now get that. I don't see it personally. So to me, that's the exact answer is I wish I wouldn't have worried so much about what other people thought. 
That's brilliant. I think we all need that. Okay. And this is a, an oddball one, not, not creepy, but I don't know. Um, if you could be one kind of sandwich, and this is for all of us, actually, what would you be? <laughs> okay. So when I was moving from in LA, I stayed at a hotel right down the street from my house that I'd never <laughs> stayed at. And they have this diner. And I secretly went back there two weeks ago to visit my neighbors, uh, just a 72 hour trip. I stayed nice. in my same unit next door to where I used to live because my neighbor's parents were in Russia for two weeks and I didn't want her to be home alone. So I was like, I'll fly there and stay with you for three days. Well, there's a sandwich at this place. It's an egg sandwich, but it's made like a grilled cheese. So what they do is they, it's got to have a whole stick of butter in it. We ate that sandwich every single day once we realized about this sandwich. And so I want to be the egg sandwich from the Sportsman's Lodge in Studio City, California. That is the best egg sandwich. And we go back and keep eating it, waiting for it not to be consistent. They must grill it like grilled cheese and then put the egg and avocado on after. And it's so buttery. I want to be that buttery, delightful egg sandwich from the Sportsman's Lodge. So she wants to be the most delicious thing in the world. Wow. I'm going like, what's too? my favorite thing to eat? She, she wants to be the most, of course she want to be the most delicious thing in the world. <laughs> Man, it's so good. So That's good. awesome. <laughs> I would yeah, be I mean, a BLT. I'd be a BLT yeah. with avocado. Just because everybody loves them. I just want to be, I just want to be liked by everybody. <laughs> I don't do bacon. I never did bacon. Oh, you don't do bacon. Never liked bacon. Well, there's got to be like Wait, a plant-based one. never liked bacon? No, I was I raised bacon. by a grandmother who didn't like to cook bacon in the house because grease splatters and then oh, it collects yeah. dust and it looks nasty. <laughs> and also my grandmother, my mom's mom was very in tune with fats and she would show me raw meat in the store and she would say to me, all of that is fat. None of that is good for you. I mean, she was putting mm-hmm. ginger on our toast when we were like 10. What's the supplement for bacon? Like what do people substitute it for? Suppl- like, what do they substitute? I don't bacon know. I just, uh, for me, it's avocado always. I could do an avocado. avocado. My substitution for everything. an ALT. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> O'Malley, what would you be? Yeah. I, I think it's, I think I'd go back to that, that comfort, like uh, sourdough bread, but sourdough bread from California, because I yes. can't find it anywhere else, even though Agreed. I'm uh, grain free. Um, I don't uh, have any grains or really, really limited um, times that I will eat grains. But sourdough on the West Coast is just, I can't, there is no place that makes it. I, I agree. I, ne- I never even had it till I moved to the West Coast, to be real with you. We didn't when, have it in Pennsylvania. Right. And when people say, oh, no, we have sour bread, uh, sourdough bread, I'm like, uh, no, you don't. I'm sorry. This, I don't know what this is. This is not sourdough bread. Um, so <laughs> if California, like extra sourdough. Um, you know, uh, with maybe like three, five cheese. I mean, not like ridiculously thick, but just like the different flavors. Um, and I always like it cooked just a little extra, like slow. Okay, but the, like the egg sandwich is also made dark. with sourdough bread, so you know. And oh. it's buttery. And the butter just <laughs> absorbs into that thick sourdough bread so nicely. Oh, oh my gosh. What's in the egg, like besides eggs? in butter it sounds like it's the butter it's because i don't eat butter but we act like anything we eat inside that diner has the nutritional value that we don't even know about we just ignore it because it was so good the first time we ate it mm. i must have eaten 12 of them in a four-day span okay and then when i went back for 72 hours we had eight more it was all we ate we would just walk over there and get another one walk over there i mean they think we're crazy okay and it, she was like i'm not telling anyone in the neighborhood because i don't want this getting out and then it being crowded in here and we can't get the egg sandwich i'm like don't tell anyone you remind me of that what Tyrone Biggums like that like yeah. where you're like <laughs> clawing at your at your neck like you guys have any more of those egg sandwiches 
<laughs> oh my god you're awesome by the way i also visited my dentist and got my teeth cleaned when i was in la because he knows i've moved but he's asked me not to cheat on him so um i will visit there enough i like to get my teeth cleaned four times a year so my friends are like if you keep this dentist then we know we get to see you four times a year so he's given me a backup dentist a friend that he went to school with that's here in new york but he's like i'll know if you go there and if it's not an emergency and it's just a cleaning, I'll know. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to cheat on you. You're the best dentist I've ever had. I love coming here so much. And so, yes, I secretly went to get my teeth cleaned as well. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Is there anything else that you have coming up that, that you're excited about? I know your book is, you know, in the works, but, you know, it's not... You're, you know, still, you know, chipping away at it. Um, still chipping away at it. I am excited to be doing some on the fringe activities, like going to Delilah's next Friday to uh, be a, a referee for the champagne wrestling. Like this stuff is fun, Lisa Ann stuff. Like it's just I fun. Love that. So and wait, it's also great. Where, what day is that? Is that the Friday before? It's the, the I, so I'm going to take a train to Philly. I'm going to do that event and I'm going to fly right to Super Bowl. Friday afternoon, I'll fly to Miami. Oh, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. then you'll land and then race off to the Rough party. and Rowdy. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to see updates. I think that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, wow. it's going to be a ton of fun. It'll be a ton of social media going out that weekend. And I'm right. excited to go to the Super Bowl as well. Um, but, you know, more than anything, I'm just really glad that I've connected with your listeners. And I'm glad that my friends have listened as well and really enjoyed it. And we all need to prop each other up. And we all need to mm. remind each other that... We get in our own heads. Everybody does it every day. You can convince yourself the worst case scenario every day. And we can talk ourselves out of anything. We can ruin any thought with a negative thought. Um, and then there was one more thing. So I'm starting a book challenge. I did this a couple of years ago, but it was aggressive. I read a book a week. But what I'm going to do this time is I'm just asking all of my followers and listeners to just read two chapters a day. And first read the books that are already at your house. So I'm rereading books that I moved with me. And I had, I brought 50 books, like 40 I'd already read, 10 I haven't read that. But the 40 that I brought inspired me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with going back and reading. I'm trying to get more in tune with reading on a Kindle so that mm -hmm. I can have more books with me out and about in New York when I'm getting my nails done, what have you. But I love a book. And so I'm going to ask all of my listeners two chapters a day. It's not difficult. It's quiet time. It feels really good. If you want to go further than that, great. But I think two chapters is a great way to just take a beat, put your feet up, uh, be on the couch, uh, no TV on. And I like to have soft music on when I'm reading, but just let's fall back into that and let's exercise our brains and expand your vocabulary, which I think is great while you're writing. The book that I started yesterday that I've already read is called Essentialism. And it talks about only doing what's essential. And it reminds you that we can be so cluttered with all of the things that everybody wants us to do. And the more you do, the more people expect of you. So you become that person that's like, oh, go to her. She'll get it done. Go to her. She'll get it done. But you're more productive when you say no more often. And when we learn to say no, then we can pick the projects that really matter and we can excel at those projects. And this is my reminder to focus on my book. So that's why I read this one first. So I wouldn't allow myself to get cluttered with too many activities and procrastinate the one thing I want to do, which is finish this book. Well, I'm going to start with the life. I'm going to, I'm going to get that one. I'm going to start. I'll send it to book. you. Just send me your address. I said, O'Malley hers. Just send me yes. an address where you want. I'll send it out today. Amazing. It's amazing. I love it. It's like, it's one book. I won't like, I won't be getting, you know, you know, when you give somebody a, yes. a book to read, like, this is like, 
sorry, I'll send you a book. Uh, that's that's not, not this copy. <laughs> like this is this is my copy, and and I will go back to it because there are moments in in your book that you know remind me of okay, you know she was here and I'm yeah. only here, and she came out of this, and I can yes. I can too. I I. I I love it. I am very excited about baseball. I know that you sent me an extra league and I'm going to try to wrap my brain around that um, today. So I'll be, um, I know you like put in my um, information. It's a one and done. All you do is draft the team. Okay. And then the rest of the season, your highest scorers that week get picked. So you don't have to manage it, but it's a great way to like mock draft. Okay. Uh, we do them on RT sports. I'll be doing probably about a hundred of them before baseball season starts because it gets me into the player depth and it gets me. And what I do is I do them and then I take them on air Monday night and my co-host breaks down where I went wrong, where I didn't. Oh, okay. And by the time it's real draft season, I'm ready to rally. Oh, perfect. Okay. So that, that, that leads me to the, uh, I think it's a woman's league for, for um, baseball. We're that, working on this. I'm trying yeah. to find more women that are willing to play fantasy baseball. So if you are one of those exceptional people that would like to be in this women's league, you better DM O'Malley so that we can get <laughs> yes. your information. Wow. Okay. So I thought I took the last spot for some reason in that league. Um, so if you I took the last you. spot in my other league, which is oh. you and I are the only two women so far. Oh, okay. That's my other league for my show. Yeah, that's a standard. Oh, league. okay. 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 Yeah. So I have lots of fantasy baseball coming up and I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm also <laughs> like, She's I'm so, so like, I'm just so excited. Like a baseball season and all of the stuff with trades are with the cheating is like, I don't know, like baseball's in the news during football season. It's kind of weird. It's kind of great. It's kind of bad. It's uh, it's a whole a whole mix of things. It's so much drama, right? I mean, so if you really much. don't want it, yeah, it, it really creates like its own dynamic of a soap yes. opera. It's yeah. kind of like basketball as well. Like my whole life was planned around January 22nd because it was going to be the first day that Zion Williamson was on mm -hmm. an NBA professional court. <laughs> and I was like sitting there and then I had something to do. So I had to record the game. I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning watching this game because I was just like, <gasps> I have to see every minute. And then he really lit it up in the fourth quarter. And then he got taken out. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I had put money down that he would play 18 exact minutes. He played 18 minutes. Like oh. the, the sports can really bring yes. you somewhere else. Yes. Yes. So oh funny. yeah. And then of course, I, I know nobody, <laughs> nobody follows this, but I am having a fantastic year as a Liverpool uh, uh, fan. So I am ecstatic. So that is, are. I'm throwing I'm that out talking there about it. It makes me so happy because I've been <laughs> in so different exciting. countries when there's big tournaments going on. I remember being in Paris and it was raining outside and all the bars were packed. People were standing outside in the rain to watch these matches through the window. Yes. Yes. They are powerful fans. Oh, I, that is one of my, like Bucket my, list. my wish list to, to go to Liverpool, go to Anfield and uh, even go to a pub and just watch it with, people who you and know eat some bangers and mash you gotta eat yeah, bangers right, and mash. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm i'm so excited i love having you on thank you so I much do too honest to god it's it it's such a pleasure it's so much fun listening to you it's so it's I, I i do i love when you come on thank you so much for spending You're so much time with so us so welcome and i'm so happy to have you in my new life and I can't wait till we all meet in person. I'm planning a train trip to come see you, O'Malley. Yeah. I am, Annie, we're going to go to dinner. Yep. Um, this gonna is going to be an ongoing friendship. I love listening to your podcast and your other guests. And again, I, I really want to tell you that I, I love you both. And I was sorry to hear somebody be negative towards you. And, <laughs> and, and at the same time, we're going to express the fact that 
we all need to curb our opinions and not force them on others, but we're all allowed to have ours. So as long as you've both recovered from that, we're all in a good place. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. Thank you again. And um, I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Have yes. a great day, everybody. You too. Bye. Enjoy your day. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye.